What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kinda Funny Games Daily for Monday, April 15th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the busiest lady in the business, Andrea Renee. What's good, Greg? All that panda muskart. Oh my yeah. goodness. If you are not on a, if fire. You, if you not know Panda Musk, you are a crazy person. You sure know Panda Musk from all the art we put up on Kinda Funny and What's Good and all the other stuff he's done for years and beyond and everything else and go beyond in the music video and yada yada yada. Out of the blue this weekend. Just come in with like seven different pieces detailing the story of Andrea Renee having to fight Johnny Ace. Yeah, so it started with the piece he did of the Johnny versus Johnny after Johnny Casanova sure. won the title at the PAX Rumble yeah. at PAX East against Dr. Tracksuit for the of, legal appeals. Lest we forget. Lest we yes. forget. So... And and Johnny Cashanova had been posting with, uh, uh, photos with himself with the belt and challenging Johnny Ace. Sure, he said, "How about champ to champ?" Sure, we we throw down, and so they had a little a little you know back and forth. And Panda Musk made this really great piece of art that really deeply troubled me because <laughs> it showed Johnny Ace holding up what appeared to be a very broken Johnny Cashanova. Sure, so. There was a follow-up, a really amazing, epic follow-up that just words cannot truly describe. You need to go to Panda Musk. At Panda Musk, just like it sounds on Twitter, and he's got all of the the frames there, including a a little piece of animation. It is a sight to behold. As usual, he's too good to us. Too good of a guy. That's all I got. Shut down the show. (laughs) All right. Just shut it down. We we nailed it. We had too good of an opening. Barry, you ever have that? Can you roll the credits? Thank you very much. No, we need to keep going because today we have stories like the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order details. All right. PSN names are now getting temped. And more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Write in at patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames with your questions, comments, concerns. No more bad PSN names, apparently. When we get to the temp thing, maybe there'll be a chance for you to write in there. And everything else under the video game sun. Then tune in and watch us record it live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and listening on podcast services around the globe housekeeping for you it is tax day in america motherfuckers if you are driving the car and you forgot turn it around go get your taxes (laughs) in the mail get them postmarked today i'm taking a huge chance because we e-filed obviously through the accountant but i still needed to cut checks then it was Jen's birthday weekend, so I was running around. Mm-hmm. Then yesterday I was sick. So I cut the checks today, and I left them on the table, and I told my Canadian wife, these need to get postmarked today. Don't drop them in the blue thing. You got to walk in, give it to the person. Certified mail, get Greg. Get the stamp. No, Certified just get, mail. Just get the postmark. I mean, if you really want to go the, 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 to the right lengths, pay the extra buck or whatever. Here's what I'll say. I dare the government to come after me. <laughs> Do it! Do it, cowards. You think I got something to hide? I don't care if I send on the 16th or April 19th. You know what I'm saying? That's Jesus, the, those are the three dates. Those are the, outside of that, then I know I'm in trouble. It's a big deal. <laughs> uh, the Vancouver meet and greet is coming up May 4th. Kindoffunny.com slash events. Come hang out with us. It's Woo-hoo. a Saturday. Uh, Geo Corsi is going to be there too, I hear. And thank you to our Patreon producers, Tom Bach, Blackjack, James Davis, and Mohammed Mohammed. Today we're brought to you by Robin Hood and Third Love, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. 
Four items on the rope report. A baker's dozen. M- negative one item. Like I said, I was sick yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. And this morning I woke up and I'm like, oh man, I feel a lot better. But it's, it's not until I get into performance mode where I'm actually going, like, oh man, I don't have it all. You know what I mean? I don't have the range. I don't have the depth in the lungs I'm looking for. It sucks. You know what I mean? Barrett, close the show again. <laughs> Just end it. All right. <laughs> Number one on the Roper Report, we finally have official Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order details. I'm going to read from the beginning with uh, EA's press release about it. During a panel today at Star Wars Celebration in Chicago, Respawn Entertainment, a studio of Electronic Arts announced that Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, a new third-person action-adventure game, will launch on November 15, 2019 on Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and PC via Origin. The game will feature an authentic story set shortly after the events of Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, when the Jedi have fallen. Fans will play as a young Padawan named Cal Kest, it's like crest but no R and then is. So Cal Kestis, brought to life by Cameron Monaghan, uh, Shameless in Gotham. Who has survived Order 66, the Emperor's secret decree to eliminate all Jedi? Players must pick up the pieces of Cal's shattered past to complete his training and master the art of the iconic lightsaber, all while staying one step ahead of the Empire and its deadly Inquisitors. Players will meet Cal on Baraka, a brand new Star Wars planet, and one of the several new locations introduced in the game. Cal is hiding from the Empire in plain sight, but is forced to go on the run when he exposes his Force powers. Along the way, Cal will make new friends like his mysterious companion, Siri, well, it's here, so Kier, as well as run into some familiar faces, all while being accompanied by his faithful droid, BD-1. Cal's flight from the Empire is made even more dangerous as he is pursued by the Second Sister, one of the Empire's elite Inquisitors, who seeks to hunt down Cal and extinguish this surviving Jedi. Assisting the Second Sister are the terrifying Purge Troopers, special Imperial forces trained to seek out Jedi and aid the Inquisitors in their dastardly work. That's just work, though. You know, they don't know it's dastardly. They think these guys are a blight on the galaxy. I don't know if we should be, like, painting them in this picture yet. Just following orders, all right? They wanted, they wanted to probably, they were probably like a GI bill for the Empire. I digress. They're on the wrong side of history, Greg. You know what? In the moment, they didn't know, though, all right? They're all there. They just want to be milk farmers. They don't know what's going on. They're like, there's two sons in the fucking universe. I don't know what's happened. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is designed with gameplay as a top priority in order to deliver the kind of intense Star Wars lightsaber battles that are seen in the films. Brought to life by Respawn, a studio known for high-quality games that are both visually beautiful and technically masterful, players will use their Jedi training to create different melee combinations with an innovative lightsaber combat system and force abilities. Players will also use traversal and other platforming abilities to strategically overcome opponents and solve puzzles in their path across this galaxy-spanning adventure. Star Wars fans will recognize iconic locations, weapons, gear, and enemies, while also meeting a roster of fresh characters, locations, creatures, droids, and adversaries new to Star Wars. Andrea, I assume you've watched the trailer. Of course. What would you think? I have to Deep say breath. I was a little underwhelmed. Yeah? Um, and I think that's maybe because the hype was so high, knowing that... You know, Amy Hennig's project got canceled. Sure, we'll come and, back to that in a second. Um, I think the campaign for Battlefront 2, while was really interesting and engaging, wasn't quite the big space of opera course. we expect from a Star Wars property. And so... We've been burned. There's a lot of eyes on, on, on yeah, the response yeah. project. And granted, we haven't seen gameplay yet. We've just seen a reveal trailer Cinematic and gotten scene. some details. We're going to see the full you know, deep dive at EA Play, um, like we were anticipating. So I, I think it looks intriguing. Do, am I, is, is it blowing up my skirt? No. 
Yeah. Are you a Star Wars person? I enjoy Star Wars, yes. Yeah. I'm not like a super fan, but I would definitely qualify myself as a Star Wars fan. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, for me personally, I watch the trade and I'm I like Star Wars fine. That's my I always think. I don't hate it or anything like that, but yeah. I don't I also don't go out of my way to be like, ah man, I love it. But I like the you know, why well, like whatever we're getting into the weeds. I like Star Wars video games most of the time. And so like Knights of the Old Republic obviously was a huge deal for me. Battlefront one I enjoyed a lot too. Battlefront two I didn't didn't click for me. I didn't stick around. Um I thought the trailer looked cool. Uh, what they're talking about sounds cool. I like respawn. I do. I, I do appreciate what they've. You know, I love Titanfall. Obviously, Apex is killing it right now. It'll be interesting to see what they do in a melee-focused Star Wars game when they are so known for uh, first-person shooting. Uh, I thought the trailer looked interesting. It got me peaked. You know, in terms of like I, my interest is peaked. I want to know what's going to happen out there and stuff like that. However, they made even more news after that when the EA Star Wars account tweeted, no microtransactions, no loot boxes, and no, we won't be adding them. A single-player Star Wars story for those of you who are ready to become a Jedi. Which was interesting because, of course, the first blush reaction to all of these trailers and news was, what's happening? It's another EA Star Wars game. I saw so many people like this quote tweeting, like, I don't believe it, using the, the, you know, the meme with a fry and his eyes moving around. Like, you know, what can you believe? What can't you believe? Are we allowed to get excited for this? And I think it seems like most people are in your camp of just like, all right, looks interesting, but you got to prove it to me. You got to show me what this game actually is. Yeah, absolutely. I saw Jim Sterling tweeting about that as well, um, that, that mention of you know, no loot boxes, no microtransactions. Um, and he took a much harder line stance than I did. He, he was very much like, you know, would you expect a pat on the back? You expect us to praise you? And I was like, I don't think they're expecting that. And I they're trying they, to get in front of it, I right? I feel like they're just putting the information out there so they don't get barraged with a bunch of questions sure. about what the microtransactions and loot boxes are. They're like, let's just get this we done know you're right away. Ask. We already see the scuttlebutt on Twitter. Any of this. I don't, I think them looking for praise is, is a weird way to look at it. No, it's, and it's interesting. I wonder more if it, it's not them looking for praise. It's definitely them trying to answer the question, but is it also mm-hmm. them trying to prove they've learned from past mistakes, right? Hopefully. This is where it gets interesting. Uh, you might say, man, yeah, we talk about uh, Amy's game, right? Amy had, of course, was working on star, uh, ragtag with visceral before visceral got closed and everything got shelved and in star or EA was just like, listen, man, it wasn't coming along. Single player games. Who knows about it? Right. Mm-hmm. You're Eurogamer tracked Amy down as soon as this happened uh, and uh, even referencing the tweet I just said that was no microtransactions no loot boxes and no we won't be adding them a single player Star Wars story for those of you who are ready to become a Jedi Amy's uh, these are all quotes from her this is how it goes it's odd heading <laughs> told Eurogamer I have to be candid with you I mean it's coming from the EA Star Wars Twitter handle so it's certainly part of the plan but I don't know whether it's implicitly referencing previous comments they made after our project was killed uh, there is so much change in the industry all the time Over the course of my time at EA, we were back and forth on what the overall publishing corporation wanted. Everybody's trying to figure out what the right path is. I also think Respawn's game has the benefit of being largely developed before we before they were acquired. It's a protected entity, and Vince Zampella uh, makes very sure because he's part of the executive team at EA, he can protect the interests of Respawn. All, of the, all, all This is all speculation on my part. I don't know why the change of heart happened, because that was very clearly not an acceptable plan when we were working on Ragtag. But you know, things change. Uh, brackets here. The decision to cancel Ragtag was made in summer 2017. We found out in October 2017. So that's almost two months ago. Two, I'm sorry, that's almost two years ago. And a lot has changed in that time. And there's been plenty of public and vocal backlash against the idea gamers don't want single-player finite games without all these extra modes. Of course they do. Of course we do. So maybe this is just a demonstration of a change of strategy for EA. 
And you've got to understand that there's a huge there that there's been huge changes in management there since all this happened as well. Both Patrick Soderlund and Jade Raymond have left in the meantime, and Laura Meal, who was the franchise general manager for Star Wars when I joined, is now in Patrick's role. So I don't have any insider knowledge, but there's a lot of reasons they could have adopted a new attitude for this. And I'm glad for Respawn's sake because I'm I'm excited about their game and I've heard great things about it. End quote. Video games, Andrea. It's black one day, it's white the next. Who knows what's going to happen out there? <laughs> and you know it's never I mean? in between. It's never in between what's happening out there. I'm as usually. I think, I, and this is honestly how we're all talking with tempered expectations about it. Probably how we should talk about every video game. <laughs> Probably how we should all keep our expectations in check for every game. But I'm cautiously optimistic on what we saw. I'm super in. You're super in, Barry. Yeah. Boss it, Baby over there. You're a big Star Wars guy. Uh, I'm a big Star Wars guy. And, Show me uh, Star Wars tattoo. Uh, I don't have tattoos. Oh, sorry. I right, want no. a tattoo one day. Right. Probably one of them will be Star Just Wars. Just not the dark mark. Don't right? get the dark mark like Kevin's stupid tattoo. He wants yeah. To <laughs> um, well, anyway, like uh, Kevin and I were talking about the game uh, outside, and he made a good point. Like he really likes uh, Star Wars: Force Unleashed, which was a game back Hell in yeah. 2009. When did that game come out? Uh, well, there's two of them. Yeah, Star Killer, Lucas Arts. 2009 doesn't sound wrong. It was yeah. it was right around when I started at IGN that that was really rolling because I remember covering Comic Con panels. 2008, yeah. September 2008. 16, wow. 2008. Okay. Um, and so this this game gives me a lot of that vibe because it, obviously it's kind of set in the same era between Episode three and Episode four of um, you know Jedi's are hiding and stuff. And I think that's like the coolest kind of uh, time in uh, the Star Wars universe because we know so little about it. Sure. So that's w- that's what drew me in. Um, also I, means Watto might be around. It, it, Watto might be around. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I liked the, the tone of whatever, what the story that they're telling and, uh, see, I'm and excited the, to see gameplay. And that's my thing about it is that I really liked the tone of Battlefront 2 mm. storyline, right? Where yeah. it was like, oh, we're going to play as the bad guy. And then obviously we knew, I was like, and well, then it flip flops. It did. Right. And it did yeah. it so quick. And it also, it also, uh, like shoehorned in classic iconic Star Wars characters that like, why are they there? I like, I feel like that's what muddled that game's story, which mm-hmm. is why, I liked the premise of it, and then when yeah. it got to the execution, you're like, oh, man, a lot of cooks in the kitchen on this. And then when yeah. you get to this one, right, I like the premise of this, but is it going to be this, like, the whole way through? Well, I think the, the problem with Battlefront 2 is that they were promising something, like a story that seemed super new and different for Star Wars, whereas yeah. this, what they're setting up is, like, kind of, it seems like a basic Star Wars story, and, sure. like, the vibe of it and uh, all, all that, like, seems solid so far. So I'm, I really like the trailer. I'm excited to see gameplay the the rumor out there is like the gameplay is going to be a little more uh soulsy oh um and so i no. would be just a little more well, no, little like, more. not in the not in the sense of difficulty but like uh, i was reading like in the in the reddits and stuff that the the idea mm, might the be reddits. kind of like a god of war type where it's not like super hard but you got to think about what you're doing sure and stuff. a lot of dodge in, instead of like doing the hack and slash stuff from Force Unleashed, where which doesn't raw hold, power. yeah, which that kind of stuff I don't think holds up anymore. Starring Sam Witwer, don't forget. Yeah. Star yeah, of Days Gone and Doomsday in Smallville. And he wasn't he in uh, L.A. Noir? Sam? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe huh? The file not found on that one. <laughs> um, well, anyway, I'm super into it. Okay. Well, then. We'll have to all wait and see. Indeed. Number two, PSN names are getting temped. What does this mean? We'll let Chris Kerr from Gamma Sutra explain. Yesterday, and this is obviously dated, yesterday Sony finally made it possible for players to change their PSN network ID, and now the company has implemented another change that'll see inappropriate PSN IDs automatically replaced. That's right, Dong Slayer 69 
Be careful, you might be tempted. <laughs> From now on, any PSN ID that violates the PSN terms of service will be swapped out for a temporary placeholder ID that reads temp XXXX. It's notable news given Sony used to ban PSN names outright for the offense, and the change will likely save the console maker and PlayStation owners a lot of hassle in the long run. Detailing how the system works, Sony explained that PSN users who've decided to change their ID only to find it flagged as inappropriate should be able to resolve the issue by reverting back to an original PSN name. If, however, a user's original ID has been changed to temp, they'll need to spend a bit of time to choose an entirely new name that's less risque. Just something interesting as we continue. I, I want to see all the ripples. All the ripples off of this PSN name change. If only someone on the microphone had changed their name. Oh, hey, what's up? Hey, sad boy Barrett. What's hey, happening? Hey, hi. So How you had you a terrible name, Breaking Gotham 42. Yeah. What the fuck are you thinking? You know what I, I mean? Know, What's the origin of that again? I know you uh, Batman. Batman. Breaking uh, Bad. Breaking Bad. And then 42 is the answer to life, universe, and everything. Oh, yes. Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't. Like, I had no. I, I was one of them dumb kids. I was like, oh, I'll just put in a name. Blah, blah, blah. No, but it's actually kind of clever because it, you know, it, it encapsulates three things that you really like. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when I would have to say it out loud to either, like, Greg or someone else, I felt like a dork. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, yeah, he should, he should. <laughs> and so I doubled down on my brand, got Sad Boy Barrett. Yeah, have not run into any problems so far, but I also yeah, I'm back to try to play a little Big Planet Three or anything. Uh, never played a little Big Planet Three. Um, but uh, I also haven't really gone into any of the games that were listed under some problems or sure. major problems. Yeah, a lot of the major problem ones was like old MLB the shows. And yeah, like, and that's uh, who cares if you're playing the those most games. important Why one was everybody looking golf. for problems though. Don't try to yeah. break your new name. Yeah, uh, yeah well, I mean, he's a reporter over there. You know what I mean? He's trying. He's he's Andy trying to Cortez. Up, I'm trying to one up Andy. I was gonna say here. he's in living in the the shadow of number one games <laughs> journalist Andy Cortez. I mean, yeah, Barrett, I. Feel confident saying you one up to Andy in that regard a long time ago. Oh, oh damn! Shots fired. Only um, if only Andy came to work. If he could only argue. Andy cared. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the only important game on that like very fucked up list is Everybody's Golf, which makes me kind of sad. Yeah, but are um, you ever gonna go back to that either? No. We've had so much DLC, we never yeah, got back exactly. to it. So. Uh, Great game and, though. And so yeah, haven't like uh, like I was telling you the the one little snatch uh, I ran into was uh, I had to go through some tutorial stuff again. But then right. it was like easy to like kind of skip through it. But sure. yeah, like the game had kind of forgotten that I'd gone through tutorials. But my saves were all still there and whatnot. So okay. I'll, I'll be reporting back if I if I find anything else. Keep I'm like I'm feeling the itch to go back to uh, the Batman Arkham games and like The Witcher Three and stuff, which are a little older. So I'll, I'll report back on those games that were released before April first. You'll never get back to them. You got too much other stuff to play. No, I'm, I'm really feeling that itch right now. Yeah, you're never gonna do it. Like I, I might understand. like I might delay Days Gone. Seems foolish. Why? I know, I know. I don't Why, know. Barrett? I just I love those games so much and I want to play them. All right, that's my old report. games old Barrett. It's true. Andrew and I are over here in spaceships. You're out there with like a Flintstones car, all right? Get with us. <laughs> <laughs> Number 3 on the Roper report. Randy Pitchford himself took to Twitter over the weekend and was talking to a whole bunch of people about Borderlands 3 and one of the questions raised was why is this epic exclusivity thing happening, which then led to a string of tweets where I'm just going to let Randy talk. This is all Randy Pitchford off Twitter, okay? So this point is about comparing relative features, right? That currently Steam has features that Epic Store doesn't, does not. I think it's a fair point, and I'll be happy to look at that point with you over the following tweet, or the few following tweets. Please don't respond until I say done, okay? Because <laughs> he was going back and forth with this guy for a little bit. First, please understand that although I may have thoughts and opinions about this topic, the authority here truly is in the hands of our publishing partner, 2K Games. So while I may have some influence, I cannot force anything, parentheses, and this ship has sailed, so to speak. Currently, Steam has a bunch of features that the Epic Game Store does not. 
That's fact. We could probably rank the priority of those features from top to bottom, and while we may disagree a little on the ranking, there is probably an optimal priority to go after for features or go after features. Also, some features that Steam has may be features that are not part of Epic's vision, and some features Steam never contemplated may be part of Steam's vision. The vision for how a store should interact with a customer and a developer and a publisher is all part of the equation. Epic has published a near-term roadmap. This roadmap includes a look into things they are committed to committing to. If I were a betting man, I would expect that there are a few more th- there are more things that happen than what they're committing to. We also must acknowledge that Borderlands 3 does not exist today, but rather it will exist in September. The store will be different when the game launches. It will become a boon to their store if they bring sufficient features to make the customer experience great for us. Epic will suffer, parentheses again, if by the time Borderlands, Borderlands 3 launches, the customer experience is not good enough. This is a tremendous forcing function for Epic. This is also really good for Borderlands 3, as Borderlands 3 will be the biggest, by far, new game to arrive on the Epic Store since they launched, the Ep- since they launched and Epic can be sure to invest huge amounts of resources specifically for the features most important to Borderlands 3. The forcing function of that will, in turn, make all those features available on a faster timeline than otherwise possible, and this is good for all games f- from both the con- customer perspective and the developer slap publisher perspective. So now you can ask me, quote, what if they don't get all the features I care about done in time or uh, but why is why? But why not just support both stores? Why do we care whether Epic has Borderlands 3 as a f- forcing function or already having Steam and blah, 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 or some other question done? That's a very good point. Right. I think we as, you know, fans get sometimes wrapped up in the moment of today of what our issue right is today. And sometimes don't stop to think, oh, yeah, that's the most pertinent thing that Randy said in that thread is the the game isn't launching today. It's launching four plus months from today, almost five months from today. So that's a lot of time for Epic to build in additional functionality and to maybe address some of the concerns that people have about the exclusivity on the Epic Game Store versus Steam. So good job, Randy. Yeah, you'd hope. I mean, he obviously he's privy to different discussions. Obviously, as he said, this is a 2K decision, whatever he feels on it. You would hope that what he's saying is true, that like obviously you understand, Epic understands what Borderlands 3 needs to be Borderlands 3 online on launch day. So that, yeah, whatever that is, they're actually there working on pushing forward with it. And mm-hmm. maybe that's been a part of a conversation they had before even signing the, or inking the agreement, right? That, yeah, we want to make sure that X, Y, and Z is there. Friendless are right. there. You know, more connectivity is there. Because I don't know if you uh, this is from Friday's Games Daily. You were out, but it was me and Tim pulling from a review, like, you know, dangerous driving, exclusive to Epic at launch or whatever. So when you go in there, the fact that they don't have the right connectivity, you don't even have your friends like leaderboards in there, which makes the game even even feel even more disconnected from friends, as we already talked about in Games Cast, that for the console versions you're playing, right, that they're working on getting uh, multiplayer in the line. But right now you can still chase each other's scores and see what other people are doing. Right. Yeah. Well, I think it's not, uh, another important thing to remember is that everything that Epic is building with Fortnite is also going to be a forcing function mm, for mm, them mm. to want to add as many features into the Epic Game Store as possible to encourage people playing Fortnite <laughs> on the, their PC platform yeah. to want to you know stay there and play there and spend money there too. So I think that, I mean, I already said this last week that I think that the whole idea of people getting their panties in a bunch about it is kind of frivolous but 
you know, people are allowed to be upset about well, what they want to be upset about. I mean, that's, that's fine. why I want to keep bringing it up on the show, right? Is the fact that I think Randy does a good job of like, no, no, here's what we're doing. And September, September, this is now yeah, vice versa. And, and I think it's the same reason I bring in people's questions and their own individual examples. And the, the part of the review on Friday is like, again, yeah, I to me, it's just another launcher. Who cares? But mm-hmm. I want to make sure that we're representing both sides of this argument as so many people are. The people who are the most affected by it seem to be the most been out of shape about it and not i'm not using been out of shape in like a, a flippant way i want to do this i Andrew. am greg oh my god <laughs> <laughs> we just commented great job randy right this tweet and the exchange uh, very crystal clear thank you so much let's go in a different direction with dan reb <laughs> from san jose california who wrote in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games dan reb says hey greg and andrea Hope all is well. I had a question about how professionals and influencers such as yourselves use social media like Twitter. You talk about interactions with Randy Pitchford on the show, and to me, he's always sounded like an easygoing guy. So, to my surprise, the other day when he tried generating hype on Twitter about which platform people would be playing Borderlands 3 on, a friend and colleague of mine responded saying, parentheses, none. Unfortunately, after the Epic Game Store fiasco, I can't support you. Sorry, sir. He then gave a link to it. I can understand blocking Twitter trolls, but that's that's as constructive a wording for feedback as I can think of. As a podcaster and community manager for a mobile gaming studio myself, I would hope people as high in the industry as Mr. Pitchford would handle such things better or at least block people without putting them on blast. Am I crazy for thinking that? So I went, I clicked on the link at the time. It's not pulled up in front of me, but I could probably bring it up. I believe what happened is Randy basically either quote tweeted or just responded like, well, all right, cool. And then I guess, oh, that's what it was. Cool. It might've been a response. Cool, then you don't need to follow me. I'll take care of that for you, which would assume that he blocked the guy, thus taking him off and removing the uh, 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 follow there. Yeah, I'm going to take a look at this tweet and see. Um, you just bring up a link right now. I'm doing the same, so we have the context to it. Throw it back out. There it is. So I think the reason why Randy probably got upset about this, like if, if I'm going to put myself in Randy's shoes for a moment. You're projecting a bit. As somebody who has, who has blocked many of people on Twitter for being um, a term I like to use that I stole from a friend of mine, Dave Lang. Fuck, fuck boys. Um, I think Dave Lang invented that. I think he did. It's a great word. Because there's a lot of fuck boys on a Twitter. A lot of fuck boys. There's a lot of them. Um, so Randy had tweeted, on what platform will you be playing Borderlands 3? And he did a poll. Xbox One, PlayStation 4, or Windows PC or other. And then... Ronan says, none. Unfortunately, after the Epic Game Store fiasco, I can't support you. Sorry, sir. So here's the thing. The tone of that tweet, I would immediately infer as being flippant. I would infer as being sarcastic and a little bit rude. Um, None, period. Okay. That's not really giving very much information. Unfortunately, after the Epic Game Store fiasco, I can't support you. So using the word fiasco and, and insinuating that you thought it was clearly something that had this negative connotation sure. and saying, I can't support you, means that you've already made up your mind. Meaning you've decided that what I did was wrong, even though you don't want to have a conversation about it, which yeah. Randy clearly was trying to do in his other thread. Mm. Um, and it also means that you've decided you can't support him And then saying, sorry, sir, it is the most aggravating thing. Okay, maybe that superlative is not being used appropriately. It is an incredibly aggravating thing when somebody attempts to say something nice and then they or or say something mean and then they follow it up with something supposedly meant to be to soften the blow. I'm like you saying, sorry, sir, doesn't soften the blow of 
calling what happened with the Epic Games Store fiasco. And so then a guy, Gavin, responds to the Randy who wants, because Randy responds to that cool, then you won't, you won't need to be following me anymore either. I'll take care of that for you, assinuating the block, assuming the block. Then Gavin's like, I have no opinion on the PC fiasco. And he puts it in his quotes, mm-hmm. as I will play in the console only, but this has to be one of the most unprofessional responses to genuine fan criticism I've ever seen on Twitter by an industry lead, to which Randy responds, what does professionalism, what does, what does profession have to do with it? This guy decided to publicly message to me that he is done with me. That's cool, but you cannot break up with someone and expect them to be okay with you continuing to stalk them. That's a very good point, too. I and, think, like, Randy's allowed to be human, you know? Sure. Like, he's allowed to be upset I mean, because he, he's getting a lot of people attacking him yeah, well, instead that, of trying to have discourse with And him. that's the biggest thing about it is I've been where Randy is right now in this thread. Mm-hmm. And you're right. You said you started... Tone doesn't carry. Mm-hmm. So... Ronan might have meant this in the most kind-hearted I'm a Borderlands diehard fan, but you've let me down and I'm not about that and blah, 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 blah. The t- but it's a flip of a coin on which way Randy reads that. Right. And the problem is on Twitter is that when it is, hey, you know, the, right now looking at this is an April 11th tweet from Randy, right? There's 1.9 thousand responses to it, right? 1,900 responses to it. Like you try to get into that. You when there's a bunch of people being really negative. That's uh, your tone is going to be associated with their tone. And so mm-hmm. it sucks that if that wasn't what you were going for, you got looped into it. But that's what happens. It happens to me all the time where I read and I've, you know, I read into some, I, I, I do something, say something, whatever. And somebody wants to come be an asshole about it. And then there are people I've, and I've communicated with these fans. A lot of times I just mute people. I don't block anybody because blocking shows that they won. <laughs> I got into your skin. Yana, 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 we'll blah, have blah. another conversation about that at some other point, but sure. I disagree. I think some people absolutely need to be blocked, but I digress. Continue. Well, I still want the follower number. Anyways, <laughs> give me them trophies too. <laughs> but it's that thing of you get, you get dropped into that bucket then. And that's how it comes off. And you have to understand again, I, and I'm not, you know, right now in this context, you know, from the question that was submitted by Dan Reb, right? Dan Reb knows Ronan. Dan Reb is saying that Ronan didn't mean it in an assholey function, but the fact that it it was questionable gets put into it because uh, I'm sure of the you know two thousand responses, five hundred of them were super mean, if not more, about the yeah. Epic Game Store. And so when you want to come in there and it's not a hundred percent clear what your context is and what you're shooting for, it, you get looped in there. And it's happened. Uh, sorry, what I was driving at before is with me, it's happened where somebody does. I'm getting shit on for something else that I've done or not done or said or not said and it's going 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 and somebody pops in that I know is a kind of funny best friend and, and says something questionable and I have to respond to them and be like are you being serious right now or are you fucking around and like oh, I'm fucking around I'm like cool that's not what's happening with the rest of the people around me and that is wearing on me and that is driving me down and I am just like mute 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 right now so you have to understand that it's not I'm getting or in, and it's not Randy's getting the one tweet with all the context with all the energy with all the positivity around it he's getting a million of them and not being able to separate that from them and, right. it, and so like it is that normal thing of when you're on uh, uh, Twitter or anywhere in a public forum on the internet right and you're getting shit on or whatever or somebody's trying to fuck with you and right. then it comes in it's you know it's just a pain in the ass of trying to figure it all out so Dan Reb to answer your question of am I crazy for thinking that um, I don't think you're crazy but I think it's incredibly unrealistic because as Greg just detailed you know people who are in you know positions of influence or who have a lot of followers or um, run organizations that are active on Twitter like Randy is because there's a lot of people who aren't that have Twitter accounts that they just don't use. I think of somebody like Jeff Keeley who's got a very active Twitter account but he doesn't interact with people. 
you know, he'll interact with key people that he knows in the industry, but he's not answering fan questions all the time. Sure. Um, he does get a little bit more involved around the Game Awards, responding to people's questions, especially if he does like a call yeah. for like, hey guys, I'm thinking about adding this kind of a segment. What do you think? But for the most part, he's not in in the muck, like responding to people day to day yeah. because he's like, I'm too busy. I can't be bothered. Sure. But somebody like Randy really, really enjoys interacting with his community because the Borderlands, the Borderlands fan base is is, is awesome. wide and there's so many people and they're really cool and there's so many cosplayers. And so I really appreciate that he takes the time to acknowledge the fans that love his work. So I do think it's crazy that you think that he's not allowed or shouldn't be allowed to have emotions and feelings about it. And I, I don't, I hear that. I yeah. get you, but I think, I don't think Dan, Dan Reb's question at the end, am I crazy for thinking that? I don't think you're crazy for thinking that. I think it might've been, and, and again, this is just us because I think we have the a similar reach of mm-hmm. Randy, right? Where we understand how Twitter works when you have a lot, a lot of people trying to talk to you or yell at you, depending on how it is. I think it's not understanding both sides of the argument. But then to his question, like, am I crazy for thinking that? I don't think you're crazy for thinking that either. Like, I have a lot of feelings and emotions tied up with how I'm treated on social media. I rarely ever give in to the dark side anymore. In the old days, I did it all the time. I'd fucking put kids on blast. I'd put up IGN blogs about them. I would do it so if you Google search their name, you'd find them and see them being a dick. I still have, now it's a joke, just how funny it is. I still have on my phone the list of people who hate IGN that talk shit about me or told me to suck a tailpipe and die that wanted to be games journalists. And I was like, I'll remember your name and I'll fucking nail you if I ever have to. Like, for me, it was a, it was a turning point. Of, there was a day finally where it was, uh, you know, I was fucking eviscerating somebody on Twitter. And somebody popped up and they were like, a best friend popped up. And this is before we were best friends. Like we are kind of funny. It was IGN still. Somebody popped up and was just like, hey, like I understand that it sucks. This guy's telling you, you suck. But like, keep in mind that for every, you taking the time to respond to him only reinforces the negative people. Like for every one of them, there's 30 of us that would love just to get a heart on a tweet from you or any kind of one word answer from you. So it sucks to see you spend your time on the bad ones. And for me, that was an eye opening thing of, you know, I did have to do it and I eat shit every fucking day. Every fucking day I eat shit on Twitter. Somebody sends something horrible to me. I see it on fucking Reddit. I see it on fucking Reset Era. I see it anywhere else. Somebody wants to talk shit about Greg Miller. And I either do one of two things. I ignore it. If it's if it's somebody who's clearly off base about what they're talking about, I'll talk to them because if if you're trying to have a reasonable reasonable conversation with me, I will explain that's not what I ever meant or I didn't or I was a different person or here's what you're wrong and you don't understand the situation kind of thing. But if it's just you telling me I fucking suck, then it's a mutinous. I'm done with it and I don't have to worry about it. Like that's what I do. And if I was open, if this all closed tomorrow and I was like, well, now I'm going into consulting on this for sure with Randy, I'd be like, no, 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 oof. this is not how I would engage in this situation and mm-hmm. how I would do this and blah, blah, blah. So I'm not saying it's crazy as Dan Reb is, but it's definitely not what I would recommend people to do. But I had to learn that. And I think, again, it's what I've talked about so many times where it's so funny that game reviewers, games journalists, games press, whatever the fuck you want to call everybody, personalities, right? we share so much in common with developers in a way we would never think of because for a developer, it is Randy Pitchford has been working on Borderlands three for five years, whatever it is, maybe four years, I mean, you know, whenever it went to pre-product so ready to talk about it. And now he can finally talk about it. So he's going to talk about it as much as he can. Right. And so then when people are negative to him, it's the same way it was in my first reviews where I'd want to get in there and argue or talk to them or go back and forth with it. Right. Whereas now it is you and I release a video game, three video games every day onto YouTube and podcast feeds and everything else. And so that sounds goofy because obviously the game's way more work, but it is now it's so much easier for me. And the well, one thing like I've gone and spoken at 
uh, developers or, or uh, yeah, development houses, right? I've gone and talked to developers, studios, and given a presentation about internet hate. Where I'm like, you have to understand that you guys are way more talented than me. You do way more than me. But I understand exactly where you are when somebody shits on your product and talks about how crappy it is and picks it apart for this one little thing. I get it every day. But the good thing is that since I get it every day, I get to see the fact that, no, no, there is the, as I've said a million times, the silent majority, right, that loves what we do, it moves on. And it's the same way with you, except the fact that you only get to see this three, four, every three or four years which totally fucks you up because you work on something in secret for so long, you get it out there, and what happens? It's the squeaky wheels that come out. It is the people that, my game fucking broke, this didn't load right, my save got eaten, all problems, but it totally obscures the people who play your game, love your game, put their controller down and go play with their kids, put their controller down and go to work, never come to Twitter or a message board to say that they love your product. And so it's weird that on such a, we're all on the same spectrum, but we all have such different experiences with it that, I wish I could stress that to Randy. I wish I could stress this stuff, but because they're all, you know, Randy's what? 80, 85% of the time on Twitter, he's just a dude who runs a company talking about things on Twitter, but then there's this 15, 10, 20% that pops up where it's like, I'm doing this thing. I made this thing and I love this thing. And everybody's like, I'm mad about Epic. And he's like, what the fuck does Epic have to do with any of this? I made this cool thing. And so then it gets into these things where you're in these weird arguments. I rambled a lot there. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. I, I think you're, you're speaking a lot of truths, Greg. The tough part is trying to tell people to, to let go of that criticism because I think we as humans just are um, predisposed to always remember the sure. shitty thing somebody said to us instead of the nice thing somebody said, which of course, is why... You get 500 comments on a video. There's two that are negative. Those are the two that stand out. Exactly. And it's tough because, you know... I like you said, like the silent majority are the people who love the product, just like you know the silent majority of people who watch this show or who watch what's good or whatever. Yeah. It's it's it gets it wears you down. It really does. And then I, and then I feel for in this in this situation, I do feel for Ronan of like, cool, this went wrong. I got you on a bad day. I didn't express it correctly or whatever. How do you express that information? Right? Like his his point is like, cool. I can't back you guys in this game because of this decision that personally is an affront to me and what I am, right? Like, But he didn't say that. I, I, oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. But yeah. like, keep in mind, like when he wrote it, he, uh, according to his friend Reb, and, and, I'm, and I'm just giving him the benefit of the doubt, that he wasn't trying to be an asshole right. thumb Randy in the eye. But I think this is a great life lesson in that you should always make the best first impression you can, particularly if it's with somebody you respect or if it's a relationship that you care about or if it's somebody that you want to have an ongoing relationship with. You have to be careful about the words that you choose when mm, there mm. is the possibility of somebody blocking you or banning you because they misunderstood you. I mean, think it, it goes for the same as in person as well when you're meeting somebody oh, sure. for the first time. Sure. You know, if the first thing you're going to do is like a quippy, snarky, asshole one-liner, is that really the impression you want to leave on this person that you're meeting for the first time? And it's funny because like I met somebody at PAX East who was a dick to me the very first time wow. I met them. And I was like, are you being a dick? Like, why are you being a dick? And I just called him on it because yeah. I was like, what do you say? Uh, well, he he like backpedaled. and was like, oh, I was just joking. And I go, well, that wasn't a cool joke. So maybe yeah. don't do that next time. But the thing is, is you don't get that opportunity to say I'm just joking if you just have a single tweet. So I think like the lesson here is 
be very careful about what you're writing on social media if it's going to bother you if that person blocks or bans you. Yeah. If you don't care about being blocked, because there are certainly plenty of those people out there. Well, then let then, me inter- let me see what anim- anime <laughs> in- avatar you're interested in in my house of wares and fake name. <laughs> it's like, I mean, people no make No offense troll- to people who use yeah, them and are good people People make troll accounts it. because they have nothing better to do with their time. And actually, you should be grateful that your life is so simple and so safe that you can wa- waste your time being a troll. That means your life might might be pretty good. <laughs> if you, but if you have that much time, use it for good things, about. man. Tweet at I'm Instagram. Saying. Why yes. is Greg not verified? It's easy. <laughs> like Greg always says, just be better to each other. Yeah. I don't think that that's that hard of a thing to do. No. Uh, why do you so? Why why don't why don't you why do you you block instead of mute? You want to make sure they know I that mute and block on specific occasions. If I was Randy in this situation, that that to me is a mutable offense. Sure, because he wasn't outright insulting or using hate speech. Sure, yeah, or being yeah, yeah. derogatory. He was just being a little flippant, a little snarky, just a little bit too much attitude for me to care about. And clearly, he wasn't trying to have a discussion, saying I can't support you anymore. Bam, that's done. It's over. So that would have been like a mute. I don't need to hear from you again. Um, I wouldn't have blocked. Blocking to me is important when somebody comes at me with something that's very offensive or it's hateful or hurtful or they're saying it purely to get a rise out of me that I'm like, you know what? I don't need you in my feed. I don't need you looking at my feed. I don't need anybody else in my feed looking at your stuff. Block. Because if you don't start blocking certain people then they're just going to keep doing it to other people until they have some kind of a consequence. So, Do you think it stops them? I don't think it stops them. I feel like when you get blocked, it's always that thing of like, point, oh, I got all this for open I Discord. Caring. Yeah, yeah. If they're blocked, they're gone. And if, they're, See, I feel if it means I lose a follower, Greg, I don't care. No, I can't do this it. This is why we heavily... Can't fucking do it, Barrett. You know what I mean? This is why we heavily curate the What's Good Games community because yeah. we want people to have a safe place to be able to have discourse and that also means being able to disagree with people but if you're gonna do it you gotta do it respectfully sure 100% so you'll get a single warning in our community and then if you're gonna be a fuck boy again go be a fuck boy somewhere else yeah you're out yeah see yeah I like it on the I like the mute on Twitter just mainly because I think it to me shows that I care even less than the block because Mm -hmm. for me it's mute you are in the phantom zone and you are probably still screaming at me and you are probably still mad about my dead space review and you're just still fucking you know but it's like such a thing of i'll never know and i never need to worry about it and it's great and i'm i'm happy that that makes you happy oh sure yeah i'm not going no, there I, are just people stick out with there you, stick with yours yeah that need to need to get the band hammer andrea however you want to go through <laughs> and eviscerate fuck boys go ahead and do it kill them kill them all thank you <laughs> sad boy barrett you could have been Fuckboy Bear. Wouldn't that have been a good one? I used to be a fuckboy in high school, and we killed that man, and he no longer exists. I'm what, happy to hear what, that, What do you Barrett? think defines you as a fuckboy in high school? Uh, I toyed with a lot of girls' emotions, and oh. I was a shitty person in high okay. school. Yeah. And then, nice. I, and then I met Alyssa, and she was like, nah, we ain't having this, and uh, helps me grow the fuck up. So. That's awesome. That's yeah. nice to hear. It's always hard to... I always you forget that Alyssa. he was in high school three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Number four! Five... Six years ago? Don't it's say not it, breaking news, but number four, <laughs> goodbye, Reggie. This is AK Reming over at Nintendo Enthusiast. As of today, April 15th, 2019, Reggie Fizeme is now no longer the president of Nintendo America. Earlier this year, the announcement of his departure via retirement shocked the gaming community, but Reggie has his reasons. He stated that he's leaving now in good health and good spirits to spend more time with his family and friends. As a result, his position will now be filled by Mr. Doug Bowser, who joined Nintendo back in 2015 as the chief 
of the marketing department. Uh, this was a year before the Switch was revealed, and its marketing campaign has been phenomenal. So that gives a good suggestion that Mr. Bowser has a very bright future for carrying the future. Yep, carrying the future of Nintendo of America. Mr. Doug Bowser hasn't been seen around the public space too often since he came to Nintendo, but it is very possible his presence will now increase now that he's NOA president. Reggie began his tenure at Nintendo during the GameCube and quickly became a favorite public figure and not just the Nintendo community, but even the general gaming community as well. That's why his departure has generated so much buzz. Nevertheless, he will, re- he will likely remain well talked about in the gaming circles for some time. Worth pointing out again, as he did on Friday, Jeff Keighley broke more news today in pointing out that Reggie now has official Twitter. There's a Twitter for Reggie. I think it's just at Reggie. It, it's so baller. He just got at Reggie? That's who you are if you're Reggie. You know what I mean? You call up Twitter and go, help me out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And say, anything you need, Mr. Nintendo. Isn't that thing too bad? You want Barrett Courtney, but you can't get it because like uh-huh. some guys just camped on it. Uh, yeah, it's like, a, like an obvious bot account that hasn't tweeted in like 10 years. <laughs> Hit yeah. up Reggie. I'll try. He's got the power now, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'll also ask you to get me Instagram verified. Uh, Maybe, I don't know. Andrea? Yes, Greg? I can't wait to see if Barrett one day has to change all his stuff to Barrett Courtney all one word, but that's still <laughs> so far away. If I need something more immediate, like say what came to the mom and grop shops, where would I go? You would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Yay! We're running long, so I'm going to start with the ads, actually. Mm-hmm. Today, we're brought to you by Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data in place of trading just four taps on your smartphone. You can now view stock collections, such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Kind of Funny Games Daily a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at games.robinhood.com. That's games.robinhood.com. Our next sponsor, Third Love. They let me write the intro. If you have breasts, you're going to need a bra. That's where our sponsor, Third Love, comes in. Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. More sizes than any of the other brands, Third Love offers more more than 70 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. Skip the trip, find your fit with Third Love's online Fit Finder, order, and try it on at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. The Fit Finder quiz is simple. It has you answer a few questions to find the perfect fit in 60 seconds. Third Love helps you identify your breast size and shape and find styles that fit your body. There's a 100% fit guarantee. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if they don't love it, return it to Third Love. They'll wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. Uh, they're available every day via text, chat, or phone. Returns and exchanges are free and easy. Straps are there's straps so they won't slip, and there's tagless labels, so there's no itching. You know how I feel about these straps. Every other Third Love I've talked about how Jen has one, came with extra straps. It's meant to be worn strapless, but she hasn't. I'm pretty sure she wore it on her birthday. So I was pretty impressed. 
I digress. I've, saw, I've said too much. <laughs> the newest member of the Third Love family is a line of incredibly soft, smooth, and breathable cotton bras. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash games now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash games for 15% off today, today, today. Speaking of today, out today, One Finger Death Punch 2 is available on PC. Graveyard Keeper is on PlayStation 4. Vast is on PC and Mac. Franchise Wars is on PC. And then Back to 1998 is on PC and Mac. New dates for you. Gen Sokyo Defenders, the blistering shoot-em-up tower defense game from Sony Music Entertainment Japan, publishing label Unites and developer Nitipa Nitipi will un- unleash its hordes. Of, on, it's on Steam, April twenty-fifth. <laughs> the Nintendo Switch version will be enchanted with a free DLC simultaneously alongside the Steam release, adding new stages, traps, and playable characters. And then Qui VR is coming to PSVR on April sixteenth. Andrew Renee, what you got for me? I've added two things, Greg. Ma- Masquerada: Songs and Shadows, a technical RPG from Wisebird Games and Witch Now Studios featuring the voice talents of Matt Mercer, Felicia Day, Jennifer Hale, Dave Fanoy, and Ashley Birch is coming to Nintendo Switch on May 9th. And Square Enix today announced the critically acclaimed Octopath Traveler will make its debut on PC on June 7th. I did not know if you got that in there already. We got that one in there. I don't know why they sent the press release today, but... Hey, man, they want to make sure you know. Keep it coming. But I added it in there, but I thought for sure you guys mentioned it last week, but I didn't know if we had the exact date. I just knew it was coming to PC. No, we got the date. But I appreciate you being thorough. You know what? Round of applause, Sam Boy Bear. last week's episode. Whoa! Whoa! Also, I've got some terrible breaking news that's not video game related. Yeah, Notre Dame. What? Notre Dame Cathedral is currently on fire. Yeah. How bad? It uh, looks it's, bad. It's, it's really bad. It looks bad. A lot, like the um, good portion of the back half of it seems to be on fire. Uh, why are there not ch- ch- choppers with water over it? Like, that's that's a giant piece of history. It's French. You're, <laughs> it's make, making me sad. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it <laughs> is right. really sad. Well, yeah, well, whenever you hear or watch this, I guess check in on Notre Dame. Notre Dame. So I all said it like that. Yeah. Hope the hunchback got out. You know what I'm saying? Oh my gosh! A lot of people are making those jokes on Twitter. Are they? Sorry, I thought I was original. I'm just trying to lighten the mood. You know, hey, I, thank you, Greg. I one of the it. wonders of the world here going down. Yeah. I don't know. Is it one of the wonders of the world? Not officially. It is okay. not. No. But it's definitely. You know what it is. You say it right. Yeah. It was in the Assassin's Creed Unity. It was. It took a, it took a team of artists over a year to painstakingly recreate Notre Dame in Assassin's Creed Unity. I know because I did. A feature story on it. Back I thought you were looking at, at that. Escapist. I was like, C- CNN's like giving every little information they can. No, a really no. solid game. I interviewed that art team. I went to Paris and interviewed the art team and we did a tour. It was cool. Nice. You've led an interesting life. I have. It's time to squat up. This is where you can go lead an interesting life with one of the kind of funny best friends. Play video games uh, together. I read the names here. Everybody has a good time. Cam needs help on PlayStation 4. This is a good one. His PSN name is Camdy Man, like Candyman, but it's K-A-M-D-Y-M-A-N. Camdy Man needs help on PlayStation 4. It says, I'm looking for people to play the Division 2 with. I'm playing solo and can feel myself falling off the game, so I'm, I'm hoping that playing with friends will help me get back into it. Please help. So Greg doesn't tombstone pile drive me for giving up on the cause or of saving DC next time he comes to Kansas City. I was hoping I'd get through without the hiccup, but I didn't. If you want to play DC with Camdy Man and save him from my tombstone pile driver, hit him up. Camdy Man. PSN. Andrea? Yes, Greg. We have a required reading. Oh. Oh. Friend of the show, Steven Spawn. You know him well. Able gamers. We talk about him all the time. He writes in. He does stuff with us. He does stuff. He went over to digitaltrends.com and wrote, forget easy mode. Secure shadows die twice needs an equal mode. Uh, Of course, the easy mode accessibility conversation that Sekiro uh, had 
spawn uh, started up over the past few weeks. It's been uh, at a fever pitch. Stephen went over and wrote a great piece at digitaltrends.com. 3,000 words, I believe, explaining oh, wow. what he means by this, that it doesn't need an easy mode. It needs an equal mode and that you can put a whole bunch of different accessibility options in here that don't make the game easier for anybody except the people with disabilities who want to play the game. And not even easier, but you know what I mean? Accessible. That's the mm-hmm. whole thing. It's accessible, not easy. I thought right. it was a really good read. And as usual, Stephen doing a great job of, hey, no, everybody calm down. We're just missing the point. This is where I'm coming from. This is what it means to me and, and to people and able gamers, right? This is what it's all about. So head over to digitaltrends.com. Give it a read and then give Stephen some love over on Twitter. Well, uh, we asked people watching live on twitch.tv slash games to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell me what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later. Uh, this one actually came in over the weekend, but I appreciate it. Anand says, this is reoccurring. Yves Guillemot is pronounced Yves Guillemot or alternatively Guillemot. There's no S sound on Yves, no I sound, T sound, or nasal N sound in Guimont. I know this mispronouncing foreign words and names is a recurring gag, but just in case anyone wants to use the correct pronunciation, this is it. Listen to Ryan McCaffrey at the beginning of the IGN Unfiltered episode with Guimont eh, for a detailed example. You have to understand I live with a French speaker, and I'm just terrible at it. <laughs> so like, I can assure you, I, I, I'm, here, I'm doing it again, right? Yves Guimont. Yves Guimont. Yves Guimont. I will try, but I assure you next time it pops up, my, my wheels will seize. This is why I wanted the fucking chalkboard over there. Nick Scarpino said no, and look what happens. Nothing. Wait, didn't we agree? Didn't we come to an agreement that we would make it a giant whiteboard and that Cool Greg would do some graffiti on part of it and I then we would put notes and stuff on the other half? Yeah. That, was a, like, that was like an idea that we had, I think. But why can't we make that a reality, Barry? Because Big Papa Nick is... Uh doesn't want to have fun. You say it, he sucks. It's just paint. It's white paint. It's a white wall. I don't Fendi understand. Fendi writes in and says uh, Sam Witter was indeed in Force Unleashed 1 and 2, but he never involved. He was never involved in L.A. Noire. I must be thinking of someone else. Though. You probably are. You're thinking of the cast of Mad Men. They were all over. Remember that? Mm, yeah. Oh, nanobiologist says the Notre Dame fire is possibly caused by remodeling issues. Interesting. Okay, Zach says today was the official announcement of Octopath Traveler coming to Steam. Last week was just when the news first broke. See, I thought that I got it right. Interesting. Okay, that's good enough. Ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames with questions, comments, concerns, and everything else under the video game sun. Watch us record it live. Twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. Watch it later. YouTube.com slash kindoffunnygames. Listen on podcast services around the globe. Tomorrow, it's going to be me and Tim. Wednesday, it's Fran and Tim. Thursday, it's Greg and Andrea. Friday, it is Greg and Tim. Andrea. Yes, Greg. I'd say goodbye. But you are about to kick off game in, in review Game of Thrones. Kind of funny interview Game of Thrones. A new six week maxi series so where you excited. guys are doing this. And I are you ranking the episodes? Is that, no, is, just no? reviewing. Oh, okay, yeah. I brought in like, four pages of handwritten holy notes. Holy Jesus God! Yeah. Well, if you're watching live, check it out. If not, you can go to kindoffunny.com. See you later, or on the in review podcast series list on Spotify or anywhere else. But until next time, no, it's been our pleasure to serve you.